Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. Grab your cup of coffee or your tea, sit back, and let's chat about what is happening in the stars above. First, everybody take a deep breath in your nose. And that was more for me than it was for any of you because this morning has been hell morning. What the heck? It started, note, right? Every morning you see me, I have a full page of notes that I am going to share with you all. And it starts with me printing the chart for the day. And then I can use the chart to write all my notes on. Well, this morning I went to print my chart and it created a paper jam in my printer. So I cleared the paper jam and then it still wouldn't work. So then I started to take the pieces out of the printer so that I could get to the paper jam. And unfortunately, uh, I can't get the pieces back the way that I took them out. And Terry worked on it. He couldn't do it. He was getting frustrated that I tried it. And then I got frustrated. In the meantime, it's like 730. And uh, I just didn't have the time or the wherewithal to do anything about it anymore. So consequently, blank page. So we are truly going to be off the cuff today. And what I think is so hysterically funny about that is that it totally flies in the face of what I saw as what the energy would be for the weekend, right? I said it was upbeat and it was going to be creative and likely that is still true, but there is this moment in time right here where two of the inner planets are perched at the very edge of their change. In fact, I believe Venus has already made her change. Venus changed at 3.44 a.m. this morning, my time, so 6.44 for all of you. She is now at the zero degrees of Capricorn, right, for her very long stay in the sign of Capricorn. And Mercury this afternoon is going to change from the sign of Libra into Scorpio. So he's sitting right now perched at about the 28, 29 degree. So at the end of the sign of Libra, where, you know, equanimity goes out the window, <laughs> where balance or harmony goes out the window, uh, or at least that's been my experience this morning, that everything cool and calm and collective went out the window, right? Because I can't handle it when technology doesn't work the way it's supposed to. And I'm usually very good at fixing things that go wrong with my printer. Unfortunately, this one has got me. And I was going to watch a YouTube video on my printer. And you know what? I just did not have time to do that. Plus, get ready. So we're going to fly by the seat of our pants this morning. I'm going to leave it to you guys to ask questions to lead me into conversation, like what is uppermost in your minds about what is going on in the stars or what's going on in human design or what's up with gene keys or what's up with anything, right? I'm going to leave it to you guys to drive that for me. In the meantime, I'm just going to do a quick run over for the weekend's energies today. We are sitting here at the cusp of, uh, let's see here, we are not at the cusp of it yet. We are sitting with the moon still in Scorpio. God, I can hardly see because it's so dark in the mornings now. <laughs> and then, so until 5.30 this afternoon or 5.53 this afternoon or this evening when the moon will move out of Scorpio and into Sagittarius. So while I think that the weekend is upbeat and creative and all of that, and it really is optimistic and large kind of uh, a viewpoint, right now, today, everything is kind of like in the agitation cycle of your washing machine, right? If you put the washing machine in agitation, it's going, ch -ch -ch -ch. that's kind of how I feel the energy is today. And at least until the moon moves out of the sign of Scorpio. And that's because those final degrees of Scorpio have been where there's been a lot of pivoting, a lot of changing in the energy between the planets. So right now, as you know, two inner planets are changing into new signs, it puts the pressure on us as individuals around the things that that sign or that planet rules. So when we look at Venus, we know that's ruling our values, our finances, etc. I watched my cryptocurrency go woo today. Actually, I started watching that yesterday doing that. And I, I was like, that is so interesting, right? That it's going down in sort of response to these changes that are happening in the uh, atmosphere, if you will. 
I know that the way cryptocurrency works, it's always going to go down and then it goes back up. It does this kind of thing, right? It goes down, but then it trends up and then it goes down, but never back as low as it was. And then it trends up. And so if you look at it as a curve, it's always trending upward, even if there are sometimes some downward spirals in it. So um, anyway, it is one of those days where things may just feel a little bit out of sorts or disconcerting. And we'll just have to get through it because I'm telling you the weekend is a whole lot better, right? The weekend is better. Uh, let me say good morning to people who are checking in with us. We have Debbie Tibbetts Tumiel. Good morning, she says, from chilly Northwest Florida. Uh, join the real world, Debbie, right? Not everybody gets to live in those warm tropical temperatures and you're getting a taste of that. Good morning, Corey. And good morning, Christine Buckingham. And good morning, Barniti. And Cool Rock says, oh my goodness. Uh, breathing and sending Reiki to all that are open to receive. Kathleen Mallory, good morning to you. JLo, hello. Tom, hey, up, okay, I'm up, yawn, great. Good to have you with us, Tom. Are you wearing pants? Of course I'm wearing pants. I'm actually fully dressed. I managed to get dressed early because I've been awake since 4.26 a.m., right? I woke up, I couldn't go back to sleep. I tried to make myself go back to sleep. I tried to uh, meditate. Uh, the most I got was back into sort of some drifting in and out of light sleep, perhaps. And then the alarm rang and I'm like, that's it. Time to get up, getting up now. So yes, I'm fully dressed, fully ready to go. Corey, good morning. She says, just wanted to tell you my sister had her baby. Awesome. Um, congratulations to you and your sister and the rest of the family. Can you explain more about that new moon? in opposition to Uranus. Ah, yes, that's a great one to talk about. So we can talk about that. Tom, congrats, Auntie Corey. And Tammy Smith, good morning. Carol Grojean, good morning. Amy D, it's been a while. Good morning. It's good to have you with us. Everybody congratulating you, Corey, on the birth of your nephew. Was it a niece or nephew? Uh, you said baby, but did you tell us what it is? Is it a little girl or a little boy? Uh, Carol, I woke up too and had the same thing. Interesting. I can attest, Barnetty says, weirdness this morning for all my best laid prep plans. Just getting to work was like a frigid marathon. <laughs> I can I can relate. Uh, congrats, Corey, from Bar and from Amy. And Christine says, love your scarf, Janet. Thank you. Um, funny thing. So I'm sitting down. I have two minutes to broadcast time, right? I sit down and I look and I went, oh, you look monochrome. <laughs> need some color. I didn't have time to go find, you know, the scarf that I really wanted. So I just grabbed one and it just so happens this one has a lot of nice colors in it. And it went well with my monochrome look. So thank you very much. Uh, Natasha, good morning to you. It's great to have you with us and waking up on this beautiful morning. Congrats on the baby. Debbie says she woke up twice at 3 a.m. this week. And somebody told me that 3 a.m. was a time where the angels are wanting to speak with us, perhaps. And um, maybe maybe they're trying to get a message to you, Debbie, or something interesting like that. Uh, so, okay, still waiting to hear from Corey as to whether it was a baby girl or a baby boy. And also tell us the name if you have that so we can send blessings out to new baby. Um, anyway, so Carol Ann Driver, good morning. She says, I was up just after four as well. And I have a feeling that with so much happening, yesterday was the new moon, right? Yesterday afternoon. And it was interesting to me because I I had a hissy fit late Wednesday evening, I think it was. And you guys are going to die laughing because it was over something stupid. I sat and uh, it was just before bed. I cleaned up the, the kitchen, putting away everything that I'd left out from dinner or whatever needed to be straightened up. I cleaned off the sponge, put it up on the, on the, the, by the faucet. And I look over and there's Terry's damn dishes sitting on the other side of the stove where that's not where you put the dishes when they need to go in the dishwasher or when they need to be washed. And I blew a gasket over something that little teeny tiny. It was a plate and a, and a, and a bowl and a fork. Okay. Really? Why are you having such a meltdown over this? But I was having a literal hissy fit. We had had some soup for dinner and I packaged it up for him to take to work. I took it and I tossed it in the refrigerator. And then I was so grateful that I had put the lid on tight because then it didn't spill all over the refrigerator. Then I slammed the refrigerator, which then opened the freezer and out pops all of the frozen vegetables. <laughs> I'm like, 
on a tear, right? I'm like, what is going on? So my consciousness was like, what are you doing? And why are you so over the top angry at something that was so silly, right? And then the other part of me was trying to calm myself down, right? I could feel the two parts of me, the one that was mad and upset. And the other part of me, that's like, chillax, girl, chillax. So I get through that. I finally just went to bed and I was like, done, right? Done. Uh, next day I wake up, everything's fine. So yesterday, my daughter has a fairly new job, right? And then COVID ran through her kids and she ended up having to be at home for two weeks on quarantine while the kids were recovering from COVID. Of course, they recover like that. And, you know, she did not get it, but because she had been exposed to it, she had to stay home from work. So now she's finally back at work and learning this new job. Well, she texted me about, it was funny because it was probably about one o'clock, one thirty, and she's having a hissy fit at work. Like everything, like just madness was happening around her. And then she said, and then mom, my phone went and clicked to new moon at 2.14 PM. And she's like, what about this new moon created this opportunity for this, you know, hissy fit, this meltdown. She, she was having a literal meltdown, crying and everything. And I went, oh my goodness, this is Uranus in that opposition to the sun and the moon, right? The sun and moon at the new moon are coming into a conjunction. So that's the, a, a very powerful duo of planets. And remember when we talk about oppositions, right? We're talking about the um, opposing energies. So when planets are in a sign, they tend to pick up the best qualities of the sign that they're in. But by opposition, they tend to pick up some of the more shadowy energies of the other sign. So if the sun and moon are together in a conjunction in Scorpio, the powerful sign of Scorpio is about our passions, right? And about how we rise to the occasion with intensity and how we can be very powerful in our expression. So we have both our emotional self and we have our egoic self together in a sign that represents power and represents passion and just opposite them in the sign of Taurus in an exact opposition, no less was the, is the planet Uranus and Uranus is the, uh, the, the, re the rebel, the contrarian, right? So when we think of Uranus energy in Taurus, it brings up some of the more contrary qualities of the sign of Taurus in this case. And that, contrary things in Taurus is maybe sometimes, you know, an eruption of anger that makes no sense. It can be getting stuck or caught up in uh, a circular sort of thinking. It can be digging in one's heels, right? And getting caught up in whatever the energy is. And that's feeding into Scorpio where it's taken in and magnified, <laughs> amplified even, and then being rebroadcast. So that opposition has a lot of powerful energies for upset, but also for surprises. And uh, I was having a little bit of a conversation yesterday with Corey and her sister had unexpectedly gone into labor. I think she said it was a month early. So I'm hoping baby and mama are all doing fine. Um, but that's the nature of Uranus too right? Uh, first of all, we have a new moon, which is already opening up the gateway of something new, something, you know, birthing, birthing a baby, come on. And also something unexpected, right? An unexpected, untimely sort of event or an over the top expression of some kind of energy. So temper tantrums, right? Hissy fits. Um, I see Natasha says, oh, yes, tempers were ramped up at school. So even the kids yesterday, apparently showing that more uh, unseemly side of these energies. And literally this morning, I could feel myself wanting to take my printer and throw it across the room. That would not have been a good plan. Then I went to go look and say, okay, well, maybe I broke it somehow and I need to go buy a new one. Then I was irked because the prices of printers now are astronomical. They're crazy. So hmm, everybody just take a chill pill today. That's probably the best thing. Wait, bide your time until the moon moves out of Scorpio's uh, uh, territory where, you know, the planets that are changing, that are the inner planets, Venus and Mercury, and the moon still triggering emotional outbursts can dial down 
can quiet down and the energy shifting then into Sagittarius where blessedly Jupiter rules the roost instead of Mars and uh, Pluto. And we can maybe get back to some more equanimity, some more calmer energies, although more exuberant energies, but in a more positive, optimistic and upbeat sort of way. So how's that for everybody? Uh, good morning, Gayla. And Carol Ann says, I'm a Taurus. Scorpio is my opposite. Does that mean I'm in for it? I feel like you're... So, you know, that's a loaded question because I will bet you there are just as many of you out there listening who had a really good day yesterday, who are feeling pretty upbeat and positive today. And it might be those of you who have um, Taurus and Scorpio in positive places in your chart or in a positive relationship to each other. But I just want you to remember that anytime we have an opposition, which is what we have with Uranus on one side, and the sun is still in opposition to um, uh, Uranus, even if the moon has moved on somewhat, uh, that when we have that kind of an opposition, we're being pulled in two opposite directions with two, you know, different uh, energies and their needs to express. So the need that we have is to come to the middle somehow. So how do we balance Scorpio's potential for temper tantrums and for powerful eruptive emotion and Taurus's energy that can take us into digging in our heels? And these are shadowy energies. On the upside, how can we become empowered to utilize emotional energy in positive ways? And how can we use that energy in a way that makes us feel worthy or sees us being able to align ourselves more fully with our values. So we have a way out, but some of us might be experiencing that explosive part of it in the short term. <laughs> um, J-Lo, know when to hold them or fold them. Exactly, exactly, exactly. And she says, coming from the 12th house Taurus with my Scorpio, zero degrees, uh, or my, must be your ascendant at zero degrees Scorpio. So you have a lot of that feeling that comes up. Ursula, good morning to you. Yes, take our chill pills. I woke thinking of yin yang symbol with the intention to allow myself to integrate by sitting in the middle. If only, right? If only we could sit in the middle. Uh, Kathleen says, I had a calm discussion and I think I will be moving out of this house. <gasps> whoa, 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 whoa. I'll have to, I, I'll be excited to hear about that. And a, a calm discussion. I love that. It was calm. It was cool. It was calm. Um, okay. Uh, JLo said, I follow someone on IG, Instagram, and he said air signs are getting hit hard. Um, so here's the deal, right? We have had, we've had uh, planets that have been kind of scattered around, right? In the, in the different elements. Um, and now they're moving on, right? So if we, I, I would love to look at a chart for today. Let me see if I can look at a chart for today. So we have had one, two, three, four, five points. Well, let's look at them as planets. We've had Eris and Chiron in fire. We have Mercury, Jupiter, Saturn, and the nodes, the North Node and Black Moon Lilith in air. And we've had uh, Venus. Now we have Venus in uh, Earth with Pluto and... Uranus and water, we've had the sun and the moon and Mars and Neptune in water. So just even saying that, I see that it feels sort of balanced, right? Um, but we're losing Mercury in an air sign where Mercury's moving into water to, later today. And so we, we're moving more to the elements that create that more emotional uh, aspect that more emotional field for us. So water becomes very powerful and um, air is, you know, losing. Um, so Mercury has been in Libra in air. So Mercury that rules air, really, when you think about it, because it's the ruler for Gemini energy and he's moving into Scorpio. So Mercury and Scorpio can be very powerful, but it can also create a lot of fussing in our heads as Scorpio remembers a, a sign of intensity and a sign that is very passionate. So our thoughts become a little more emotionally charged. So we'll have to remember that not only are we becoming more emotionally charged, but we are also able to take that emotionally charged thought and put it into words 
with mercury and then we become someone perhaps that is using words as slicing and dicing instruments right knives and swords rather than using them to empower ourselves or others so we're going to have to be careful about that for at least the next two to four weeks while mercury moves through the sign of scorpio actually he moves out of scorpio on the 24th of this month so literally now we've got one two and a half weeks uh, where we want to watch how it is that we are using words. Now, Mercury is going to go back through the territory that um, the sun has been, in, the sun is in, and uh, that other uh, planets have been through that have sort of charged up or stirred up that energy. So let's use the energy of passion here and intensity in a positive way to empower ourselves and others instead of, you know, cutting out the legs from underneath ourselves and or other people. So it can work either way. Uh, Carol Ann, I, I read that one. Sorry, sorry. Uh, J-Lo, my daughter felt unease in her classroom. She stepped out to speak to someone in the school because she was so upset. She said a fight broke out. And uh, since she was, she, so I guess since she is aware because I try and teach her as much as I can. So she was tapping into that, that feeling that that was going on. And uh, that's amazing. Uh, let's see, Asa, hello there. Uh, and Asa says, oh, she's saying hello back. It's good to have you with me this morning, Asa. <laughs> Maybe as a balance, a nice tour, a nice Libran to <laughs> balance out the crazy energy of the day. So before um, I, well, I am going to leave it to you guys. Did I answer the question? And I cannot remember who asked it about Uranus. Uh, in an opposition to the sun. Did that answer your question? And or is there more that I can tell you about that? Um, while I'm waiting for um, that to come up. Wow, many more comments. Sorry about that. Nope, I didn't miss anything important. Okay, good. So while I'm waiting for you to tell me what it is you want to know next, or what it is that you want to know more about the planet Uranus across from the sun. Let's talk about the weekend and the moon's move into Sagittarius. So now we're moving a planet into fire, right? So now we have fire and we have water, <laughs> fire and water. We do have some earth, but we're, you know, we're starting to see that we have an emphasis on some of the elements and not on the others. So we'll have to find a way to balance the thinking processes with some of the more uh, down to earth and with some of the more emotional energies. One way to do that is to tap into the energy of where the moon is because the moon rules kind of the timing of what we're feeling and what we're doing, how, how, we're, how we're feeling and how we're expressing our moods and our emotions. And the moon is gonna be in Sagittarius, which is a sign of freedom and truth. It is ruled by Jupiter, so it takes us into expansive territory, right? It can also take us into an, a sense of exaggeratedness or exacerbating whatever it is that is already in play. So if frustration's already in play, then it's gonna make that bigger perhaps unless you do something to intervene, which is to use your mind appropriately, right? To use maybe the energy of action to uh, change up the energy so you're not caught up in um, feeling like the victim of the circumstances that you're in or a victim of the feelings that you're feeling. This is a sign that loves freedom, it loves travel, it loves adventure. So this is a weekend to take an adventure, right? Maybe it's just a small little, uh, you know, going a trip to a park or maybe you're diving into an adventure book or maybe you're watching adventure movies or something like that this is the weekend to want to be able to do that it is also a weekend to restore your faith and your optimism if it's taken a beating like mine has over the last day time to restore your faith and your optimism that everything is working out exactly as it should even if the printer is um, not working correctly right <laughs> so restore your faith that and and trust in the way the universe is working that you know for whatever reason that is not fixable for me at this moment but that doesn't mean that all weekend i'm going to be stuck with this not working right something will happen i know it um, this is a sign that likes to find solutions. So instead of focusing on the problem, whatever the problem, small or little. Uh, wow, it's absolutely pouring here. I don't know if you guys can hear it, but it's like pouring. Um, 
we are used to rain, right? We always have rain, but lately it seems like we have the most massive rainstorms where it's just dumping, dumping. And then of course things flood and then it goes away. So it's just interesting to hear it. Uh, so this weekend then might be a time for you to take a look at all of the things that are going on in your life. Take a kind of step back, take a look at the landscape and what is opening up right? Don't look at what's closed down, right? Don't look at the fact that that's not working or, you know, that person isn't available. What is available for you in the moment, right? What's available? What's working in this moment, right? I seem to be doing pretty good, even if I have a blank piece of paper for today's, you know, chart because it wouldn't print. So then in this case, we get a chance to find the solutions to our problems instead of focusing in on the problem, right? That's the key. So if we step back, we can see a bigger picture and we can focus on, well, how can this work or what more is possible? Um, you know, maybe there's something else I can be doing right now rather than focusing on the problem. And then, of course, because Jupiter is the ruling planet of Sagittarius, how can I overcome excesses in my life? How can I overcome that? And I'm just going to give you a little hint here because that seems to be a theme as we move into 2022. So I told you I've already begun the um, putting together of the workshop for uh, the astrology of 2022, the astro design really of 2022. And in that process, of course, I'm starting to see themes come up, words come up. And so I'm already going to throw these words out for you. One is reformation, reformation. And uh, as I was talking to Asa yesterday, uh, it occurred to me too, I think it was you, Asa, that we had this conversation. It could have been someone else, but I'm pretty sure it was you, that um, when I was thinking of Reformation, I was also thinking of Renaissance, right? That, that started to come up. So I think we have opportunities now. We've suffered through the last couple of years with some very big deals, right? Some things crashing and burning. And I'm not thinking that the crashing and burning is done yet, because if we're in the process of a Reformation, it takes time, maybe not as much time as it took uh, in the time of Martin Luther to create a change, you know, from the dynamic of the Catholic Church that took several years. This might be just months worth. But here's the really good news. It all really depends on you, you and me. Right. How do we greet this energy of change or reformation? So reforming the world and that reforming of the world as we start to move on is also going to create the potential for a renaissance but it begins by us taking a look at our excesses right where have we overdone it and i i'm saying this but i don't want that blame game to start playing out because that's always a potential as well we start blaming right we start blaming the other political party or we start blaming uh men or we start blaming women or we blame our partners or we blame the economy or we blame you know bleep fill in the blank we blame fill in the blank so i don't want us to get into the blaming i want us to take a look stepping back again practice that this weekend stepping back looking in what could be some solutions to the bigger problems use your voice use your dollars to promote solutions, not more problems, right? Part of the, the energy will be about that renaissance that can happen when we step out of the way of being problem-oriented or problem-focused and become solutions-focused. So there's two words, two key words. By the way, I was wrong the other day when I said to circle December 16th on your calendar. Uh, it's December 14th, circle it. And it is a webinar on the astrology or astro design for 2022. It will be at noon p.m. West Coast time. So that'll be 3 p.m. East Coast time, 8 p.m. for those of you in Europe, Australia. I'm sorry, I don't remember what that takes you, 11 hours maybe or 15 hours further ahead. But the best news is if you can go live, it's recorded. And even if you purchase the ticket and don't go live, you'll still have access to the recording and be able to get all the juicy tidbits. And of course, I usually do that as a slideshow presentation. So you also have the slides as little memory triggers, right? You can print those slides um, or you can download the um, PowerPoint presentation and you can have access then to all of that information. Um, 
and there's a lot for us to cover. So it's generally speaking about a 90 minute to two hour conversation that we have about what was happening. Last year, I remember the power went out just, you know, Pacific Northwest, OMG. So the power went out right as I was getting ready to start. So I had to run over to my daughter's house so that I could do the webinar that day. <laughs> it was pretty funny. Thank God when my power goes out, my daughter's doesn't go out so that I can have a place to go that's fairly close uh, so that we can, so I can do that. Uh, anyway, so Tom says, don't forget to turn your clocks back to 1955. Uh, that's kind of funny too, Tom, because there's a big deal going on here in Washington state. I bet it's happening in other states about not wanting to change the clocks anymore. Here's the, the thing. In Washington, they want to stay on daylight savings time. Well, I think that's hogwash because that means it's not going to get light here until nine o'clock in the morning. And yay, though, I like to have a later light later in the evening. I don't want to have the darkness like this until nine o'clock in the morning that's ridiculous because we're we're morning people by nature by the way our whole society is set up and so if we stayed on standard time which we changed to this coming weekend at least the daylight would keep in the morning for a while and it would be more balanced i don't know why we have to monkey with it in the first place just leave it where it was um although i get it from a farmer's point of view more light works better for them but in the meantime it just drives everybody crazy so that's a big thing also going on uh jody good morning daylight savings time is not real time time is not real time really if we come right down to it uh your bodies would naturally align to the energy um uh, of time if you will uh without having clocks right we would get up at a time that was natural for us we would eat when it was natural for us. We would do things in a natural way. Um, but the time thing just blows everything out. Uh, and yes, Christine, you will be able to find this on my website. I have not completed that. I, I actually did set the link up yesterday. I don't know that it is on live yet. I'm not sure I hit the publish button because I wanted to make sure I had all the wording down and to make sure that the link to purchase and then to give you the link of how to register all works, which of course is always a, a, a trial and error kind of thing. So as soon as it's on there, I will let you know, likely by the end of the weekend, I'll have it up there. Um, JLo, we do have a time change coming also, one hour difference, I know. Yes, yes, it was you, Asa, awesome. Uh, so anyway, uh, it is, incumbent upon us, I think, if we look at it from underneath everything, to drive what it is that we want to see in the world into being. If you consistently focus on what is wrong, on what is not working, on blaming, shaming, guilt tripping people, um, throwing, you know, what you don't want to see, we call it projection, throwing it out there onto other people, then you're getting caught up in that rut, right? You continue the same energy. But if you wheel it in and you look at it from a different point of view, like what is the solution to this problem, right? The solution to this problem might not be apparent right now. So I can change my focus onto something that is a little more manageable, a little more positive feeling. And then I can always come back, right? I can ask my spirit guides. I can ask uh, heaven above to help me find a solution to the problem. I think sometimes in the heat of the moment, we forget that we have access to others that can help us, right? To the unseen realm that can help us with that. So keep all of that in mind. And uh, Corey, have a good weekend. Going to catch my plane. Oh, because she's headed to her sister. Uh, did she ever tell us what the baby was? Kamal, good morning. I missed you out there. Uh, JLo has a question. Uranus on 24.6. How does the line play out in an opposition? So in human design, I'm going to pull up a human design chart. Let me share my screen with you for a momento. Sorry, I blinked out for a moment. I didn't end the broadcast, I hope. Nope, I didn't, but I left the stream. <laughs> I just know 
That is not what I meant to do. Sorry about that. Uh, anyway, so I, I just left the realm for a minute. What I wanted to do was hit share, but instead I hit um, leave studio. Good God. Uh, so let's see. I'm going to choose a Chrome tab and I want this one. Now you guys should be seeing a human design chart. Now I'm being very deliberate in showing this new chart to you because also good news in the next week or two, my book is going to be out. Uh, and the book that I wrote is going to be broken down into six parts or you can get the first six months. And the reason I'm doing that is because the whole uh, death of my son this summer threw me off track and I couldn't get those last six months written. And um, now I'm starting to feel better and more, you know, strong. And I feel like I'm going to be able to do that in the near future. But because the new year is so close, the book is going to be available for you as a download through Kindle or a download through PDF. And uh, you'll be able to get that either as a monthly download or you can get it for the six months, right? So you'll have January through June. And then as soon as I get July through December written, then that will be available as well. Next year, I'll actually have a print version out, but I did not want to mess with that while my mind wasn't quite on the whole uh, process. So my apologies for breaking it down that way, but in the end, maybe it's better, right? I don't know why I did it that way, but that's the way it's going to be. So watch for that to be coming out very shortly. In the book, I'm using this graphic, and this graphic is called the Human Design Mandala, and it shows on the outer ring all of the astrological signs, and when you click on uh, a gate, it will actually click on the gate on the mandala so that you can see what sign it is related to. And by the way, these little things right here are the I Ching symbols that represent that gate, so the name of the gate, for example, the what I'm showing you here is today's movement of the sun into gate one and the earth into gate two. And the sun at gate one is a Scorpio gate, right? So we see Scorpio here. It highlights that piece. And then the earth at gate two is going to be a Taurus gate. Gate two is in Taurus. And you can see right here on the wheel where Taurus is. I hope you guys can see that all right because um, the whole screen isn't working quite perfectly. Uh, so this is the graphic that I'm using in the book so that you guys can get used to seeing that now so that you'll understand what it's showing you in the book. In the book, I also put the name of the planet that's sitting there so you'll have access to that. So here today, what we're looking at is a change, right? A change in the energy. We have the sun finally out of the gates of the spleen, we are done with the shadow energies being triggered by the sun. Now, that doesn't mean that like all the gates have a shadow energy. So don't get me wrong here. All of the gates have a shadow energy, but the uh, shadow energy of uh, the spleen, right? The necessary uh, survival energies or fear energies that lead us to survival are not triggered anymore. Hallelujah. So we finally have the sun in the gate one, and the gate one is a gate of purpose. It is a very creative energy. It is moving out energy. It's young energy. It's masculine energy. And not masculine as in the sexual sense, but masculine energy, which pushes outward, right? Which does, is a doer, is doing energy. So the line one, or the gate one, excuse me, is all about purpose and finding our purpose. So for those of you who have the gate one already defined in your chart, you're already used to the energy of wanting to find your purpose. Like, what am I here to do? It's like this clarion call that you feel. And those of us who do not have the gate one normally suddenly have access to what is my purpose, right? And I happen to not have the gate one in my chart defined. So I'm feeling already um, sort of like a, almost a, a crystallizing of what it is that I'm wanting to really focus on. And which is so different from what's been happening for me where I didn't know where I fit. I didn't know what I wanted to do. So now I'm getting more clarity about that. So the sun in the gate one helping us to get that clarity, right? Taking us on that journey to discover what it is that really is meaningful for us. <clears throat> Excuse me, because the gate one 
uh, on the other side connects to the gate eight. Now, some of you may have the gate eight hanging. If you have the gate eight hanging, notice when I click on that, it pops up and tells us that the gate eight is also a Taurus gate. The gate eight is the gate of contribution. And even though it's not going to be defined by anything as a transit, if you have it defined in your chart, this whole channel of contribution of finding your purpose and enacting your purpose is defined for you. So that may be something that you're feeling um, over the next few days. In fact, from today through the 10th of November, so 11:10. Now, when we look here at the earth, this is the most yin gate of the whole human design. So it's the most feminine. It is about receptivity and allowing, right? We had Uranus sitting here for a long term. Then he moved off out of that gate into the 24. And so now what we have is the earth sitting here and the earth is always going to be the one that triggers the challenge. So the challenge is to find our life purpose. That's where the sun is. But the earth's challenging us to allow, right? To be open to receiving it to going into the womb even, right? Going into the, the space of no space, right? The time, the space of no thing, to be that empty vesicle, vesic vessel, <laughs> be the open vessel um, of, of awareness of allowing, right? Of just what allowing you know, the universe, if you will, or source to bring you what it is that you are meant to enact next on your purpose. That's very hard for us. I know it sounds so easy, right? To just be open and receiving, but we are doers by nature. In most of us, in most cases, we want to get in there and hunt and peck around and figure it out because we've been, you know, sort of trained or conditioned to believe that we have to use our mind. This does not sit in the mind. I want you to note what this center is, where both of these gates sit is called the identity center. It is the center for love and direction. It is the home of the one-way magnet in you, magnetic energy within you called the magnetic monopole. And a monopole in that it has only one direction. It isn't, it isn't able to repel. It isn't, it's only able to attract right? It's going to attract based on your heart's desires. If your heart's desires aren't clear because you're focusing on your mind, then you might get this mixed bag of things, right? The universe could hear that you want to experience more confusion instead of more clarity. And uh, hold on back to the chart. So make sure that you are very open to what is coming into your heart space, right? The heart space. Does that make sense to everybody, right? This is love and direction. It is often based in your worthiness to receive. Some of you may have this center open, meaning it's white. If you look at your own human design chart and it's white, you have an open identity center, which means that you're easily confused about your own identity based on who is around you because you're taking in other people's identities. If you have a defined center, this would be yellow. You can see it's yellow in here. Um, you have, you are broadcasting an identity, right? You're here to give love. Those of you with it open are here to receive the love that's being given. The problem with the open center is you may not always feel that you're receiving love or you can't, you know, feel loved easily. Uh, and for those of you who are, are broadcasting it, it can be a place where you get sort of confused about what is my direction. Okay. And all of that comes um, full circle when you look at the totality of where do the gates that are defined on your um, uh, identity center connect to? Do they connect upward to the throat at the gate eight or seven or uh, 31 or 33, which would give an outlet from your soul right up to the throat for manifesting and communicating? Or does the gate connect over here somehow to the spleen? where it is about speaking from your soul intuitively? Uh, does it connect to the will center where your ego or your will, your willpower, thy will be done, right? Your will be done. What is my will and what am I going to direct it at? Does it connect to the sacral 
and uh, the sacral that is the energy, the the engine of doing. Um, in some cases, you'll have not a direct connection. There is no direct connection from the identity center to the emotional center, but what if it connects to the will center and then to the emotional center? Well, now you have emotions included in finding your purpose. So it can become a very complex place, but note that it is always directional and it is always attracting to you based on what you are open to from the heart, not from the mind, but the mind can confuse you about what to focus on from the heart. All right, I'm going to stop sharing for a moment. Um, I got to see if, how do I get back there again? There we go. Comments, questions, problems with any of that. Um, Natasha, uh, M.A. Jules, good morning, everyone. She says, J.Lo, yes. Natasha said, great job taking care of you. Tammy Smith, will you have the personalized 2022 books available for purchase? I think you made them available to your membership last year. Yes. In a short word, yes. I don't know. I don't know that I will offer it for purchase so much as if you purchase your ticket to the Astrology of 2022 web, uh, webinar, you'll receive that as a gift kind of thing, right? So I haven't really decided that one yet, but i it's too messy to try to charge for too many different things and I just go crazy with it. So yes, it'll be available. <laughs> Likely it's going to be free with the purchase of your ticket. So thank you for asking that question. That's a good one. Asa says, my Neptune is at gate one. So gate one's purpose with your Neptune at gate one. Remember in... Um, uh, when we looked at life purpose, I think we did life purpose for you, Asa, that life purpose uh, is including a spiritual purpose, right? A spiritual purpose in Neptune at gate one would be to live your purpose, right? <laughs> to live your purpose. And your purpose is a creator, an initiator, right? You're a manifester. So what you're really here to do is to act on whatever it is that you feel like is coming up for you, where your willfulness is, where your ego is. So the problem is because you're a manifester, you might not have the energy to take it from start to finish because it might not be the right thing for you to start and finish. When it is started and finished, you know it was the right thing, right? So you're kind of a... Uh, a being that is creating and initiating things, but not necessarily always finishing them, which is a good thing for you. Uh, so Neptune saying, find a purpose. Your purpose would be spiritual in nature, right? Your purpose would be, how do I um, share my intuitive hits with people? How do I, how do I share of myself from my soul level or from the spiritual level? I hope that makes sense. JLo, mine is defined and I have three of my own natal gates active now, five with the transit. So are you talking about the ones on the identity center? I'm, I'm guessing JLo, uh, because 10 and 15 are activated as well. So <clears throat> essentially then for you right now, it is all about love and direction, right? Self-love has to be a part of it, right? Loving of your fellow human beings, a part of it. Um, and now apparently with two and with one on it, it is about purpose and allowing, right? Allowing. Um, so there we have that. Uh, let's see what else is going on. Other questions. How do we get an autograph graphed copy if it's downloaded? Uh, you wait till next year when I print them. <laughs> or maybe I'll just... I don't know, Tom. I don't know, Tom. You got me thinking now. Hmm. Uh, thank you, Bar. And any other questions? Thank you, Corey. It's a girl. I love it. Thanks for all the well wishes. I'll pass them along to my sister. Uh, Chloe, Chloe May. That's awesome. Chloe May. Or am I saying that wrong? It's spelled Coley, Coley, Coley or Chloe. Maybe it's just a transposition. Uh, love it. Love it. Love it. So, all right, uh, I don't see any other questions here. And if I'm missing a question, please put it in again. 
because I may just be missing it. Um, one thing I do want to um, mention is that when Uranus moved out of the gate two, he moved into the gate 24. And the gate 24 sits up on the Ajna. It is called the gate of rationalization in traditional human design. Uh, and in quantum human design, it is called the gate of blessings. I love that word much better. Um, but it is really a place in our human design because it sits on the Ajna. So it's in the mind where we have sort of the ability to turn a story or turn a thought on its head and make it into a blessing, right? So um, who knows why my printer did its little stupid foolish thing this morning. Um, maybe what I had in my mind that we were going to cover isn't what the universe really had in mind for me to cover today. Who knows? But the, if I turn the story on its head, then what I'm meant to do is see that Uranus's upheavals or revelations or surprises or shocks are meant to shape, shift the direction that I'm moving in, right? Or, or shift up or create enough chaos that, you know, I, I let go, right? So we're being agitated. We're being shocked a little bit but it's in the uh, gate of turning those shocks or revelations or uh, thoughts that we have that are of a negative sort into the blessings, right? I hope that makes sense because that we can rationalize anything, right? We can sit and we can make it rational that, you know, I just need to go out and buy a new printer and no, I don't want to because it's too expensive now. And I don't, you know, I have a perfectly good printer. I should be able, I can rationalize, 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 but I'm missing the blessing in it, right? And that's what we want to be able to do now is to catch the blessing in everything. So Uranus giving us little needles of shock so that we can turn them into blessings. There you go. Uh, okay, J-Lo. Uh, Cheryl Yamamoto. Oh my gosh, great to see you. She says, you can sign a digital copy prior to uploading and then send it out signed. <gasps> so I'm going to write your name down so that I can talk to you at some point and find out how the heck I'm going to do that. Um, awesome. Thanks, Cheryl. Uh, now, uh, so help me, which can help me with my pearl. Okay, so you're just making a comment. Sorry. Uh, Pluto is at 61. So I'm talking wacky to some, but I understand. Yeah, so that's very true. That's a good point because with Uranus sitting at the gate 24 in the Ajna, it is sitting, completing a channel of wonder and awe and magical reasoning um, with Pluto sitting at the 61. So we've completed an entire channel. Let me go back to the chart builder here and share my screen again, which was a Chrome tab. All right, so now you should see the screen again. Right here is where Pluto, or I mean where Uranus is sitting at gate 24, and Pluto is sitting right here. So oppositions in human design are not the same as they are in um, astrology. In fact, I wouldn't even call these oppositions. They are just planets that complete a channel. So the transit of Pluto is completing a channel, even though it's in Capricorn and the gate 24 is over here in Taurus. It's more like a trine energy. Uh, and in human design, it's just completing a channel. And this channel is about magic. This is about when we are open to wonder and awe, which can be like, I wonder how this problem is going to be solved, right? I wonder what more is possible. Then we have the ability to change our mind to see the blessings, right? So that's what this is about. In the shadow energy of the 61, we have psychosis, right? And it, we psychosis isn't a good place for us. It is not where we want to be. It, if we are in psychosis in the shadow, we see uh, we see the effect of, of Pluto's long-term transit here in the gate of psychosis as it has been holding the space for us of, of um, these, you know, strange, wacky things that are happening in the world and our reactions to those strange and wacky things that are happening in the world, right? The, the duality about it, the polarity in it all. And when we look at the shadow then of the 24, uh, the shadow of the 24 that I'm looking up because right now it's not coming to the mind is addiction, 
right? Addiction. What is our greatest addiction? Our greatest addiction is to our thoughts and to our opinions, to what we think, right? Those are, I mean, we have other addictions, no doubt, but the biggest addiction for humankind is about right here, the connection from the mind or the head center to the Ajna, which is really all about the questioning, the, uh, the, the linear thinking, right? Or the logical thinking that takes us out of being in the moment and seeing what more is possible or what more, uh, what solutions there are to our problems if we get out of our own way, right? If we get out of that straight line, linear thinking that it can only happen in this way. And my opinion is more important than your opinion. I'm truth. I have the truth. You don't. <laughs> so when we get out of our way, then we can see the blessings here when we get out of addictive thinking and when we get out of psychosis right we are then accessing magic and awe and wonder and also blessings right there's also forgiveness and gratitude here in this gate forgiving yourself for the thought the mind thoughts that you had uh forgiving others um mostly forgiving oneself though and seeing the blessings in everything instead of the uh negativity in everything all right, so let me stop sharing my screen. There we go. Okay, so cool. Um, I don't see any other questions. <laughs> JLo says, I was speaking of that with my daughter. The people in the streets that speak to themselves, they are stuck between reality and no one gets, or between the reels and, and they, no one gets it. Or, I, I mean, if, you know, I, I shared last Friday in the brief time I was able to come on air uh, about the magical, exciting sort of conversation I had with my uh, deceased son. And I was actually talking out loud to him as I was walking. Anybody driving by, uh, walking past me, which nobody did walk past me, past me blessfully. Um, I was talking out loud and likely I was also answering the questions or, you know, it, it was, it's an interesting thing because we're so used to thinking that people who are talking to themselves are crazy, but what if they're just talking to their spirit? What if they're just talking? Maybe they have, you know, vision where they can see into the spiritual realm. And because there's maybe been nobody there that could help them understand what they're seeing, that we label them as crazy, and then they start to believe that they're crazy. It's a possibility. I mean, I'm not saying that everybody would be like that out there. Some people are certainly um, mentally ill or men mentally challenged, but for the most part, there's so much more to this world, right? And sometimes these people can have access to it. They just don't understand what they have access to. So it can be a problem. So new comments here. Um, I don't see any. So we have a couple of minutes. So I think what I'll do is draw. <laughs> here was part of my temper tantrum. I threw everything on top of my cards. Okay, let's do, let's do an animal card today for the weekend. And a galactic heritage card for the weekend. Why can't I get that out? Temper temper. Let's do a galactic heritage card first. So I think I told you all that I'm starting to study something called star seeds astrology. And I'm finding that to be extraordinary. Uh, I probably will not launch anything to do with that until after the beginning of the year. So that's something for you all to look forward to. Um, start introducing you to your galactic family, right? Not just the soul that's incarnated here in the Milky Way, but the part of you that's come, the part of your souls that have come from other star systems. And uh, what does that mean for you in this particular lifetime? And how is it that you were designed to uh, make that impact on the planet now? So the card I pulled is the card 29. It's called Hive Mind. It's the insectoid race parallel. I'm not sure what that means. I'm excited to see what that means. So hive mind. Hmm. Let's see. Card 29 is an 11. So it's got some enlightenment coming with it. Here we go. 
There are many extraterrestrial insectoid species that have contacted Earth for thousands of years. They are peaceful and have a harmonious society that is based on the idea of a group thinking as one. Most humans shun the idea of a loss of individuality, but it can also be a freeing experience whereby the ego no longer dominates one's reality. Since all consciousness is ultimately one anyway, insectoid beings reflect this truth. You have connected with these beings in the past and their energy is now asking you to remember the oneness that lies underneath the illusion of separation. This is a very archetypal card that has less to do with specific ET species and more to do with our relationship to the universe. One of the greatest human fears is losing individuality. Yet in order to evolve and survive as a species, we will need to embrace group consciousness in a constructive and harmonious way. There are numerous species in creation, insectoid and others, whose societies are based on a hive mind or a common community-oriented structure. To some degree, even the Zeta reticuli species has this consciousness, and the power of the whole has been what has ultimately saved their species from extinction. On Earth now, our individuality and attachment to our ego's opinions are destroying us. Take that one in. This card asks us to look at how we can relinquish this habitual need to cling to individuality in favor of embracing a more collective universal outlook. We can start at the community level and move outward to the planetary one. The truth is that we are all connected no matter how far apart we feel. Denying this only prolongs the inevitable shift needed to move to the next level of our evolution. This card can be interpreted with this in mind, but it could also mean that you personally have a connection to an insectoid or hive mind species. And this connection can help you bring these needed changes in awareness to your life and to the planet. That is a loaded card. That is a loaded card. goes right along with um, Aquarius, the age of Aquarius, right? Where community or group mind is uh, and group wellness and betterment is more important than the individual yet we still have to balance the individual because we live on a planet where we have egos so what a dilemma right what a challenge what a challenge for all of us um so i want you guys to think you know in the for those of you of my us followers um what we just talked about there with hive mind has a lot to do with some of the political landscapes that we see you know conservatives versus liberals people that see socialism or social um, uh, concepts as uh, taking away our individuality as a um, as a bad thing, right? So, I mean, I'm as movements that they have, they take on these more negative connotations. But when you think about how the group can support our individuality, you get a whole different picture. Uh, okay, so we have we have two cards that came up, one upside down, one right side up. We have porcupine spirit, card number 48, which is a 12. And porcupine spirit says time for beginner mind. So she's kind of pretty, right? Porcupine spirit. And then the upside down card that came out was vulture spirit, vulture, uh, which is card number 63, which is a nine. And it says nothing is wasted but it was upside down. So it's in protection mode. So let's look first then at porcupine 48. He was right side or she was right side up. It says when porcupine spirit calls your name, you're being asked to adopt a beginner's mind and to approach situations with innocence and curiosity. The old confining stories no longer have a hold on you. Life is full of surprises hiding in plain sight. Looking at the world afresh with new eyes can help you find what you have been seeking whether it is a relationship, an opportunity, or evidence that you have all you need right now to co-create what you desire. Who knew? Porcupine asks you to be playful and have a childlike curiosity. There is so much waiting for you that you have yet to discover. Wonderful, wonderful. Vultures number 63. And again, that one was in protection. Vulture. Can you vulture? And it says... Do you wish you could run away from your past or deny your mistakes? Not so fast, says Vulture Spirit. 
you have gained something valuable from the experience. Let your grief or anger move through you and soon your emotions will transform for you will come to see that you have learned and grown. The alchemy of transformation is a gift from spirit. So never disown what embarrassed, disappointed or shamed you. It will soon be a source of great wisdom and strength as you work with the magic that allows miracles to be created out of sadness and beauty to arise out of ugliness. Vulture Spirit wants you to know that you embody beauty and the alchemical transformation of the past is happening already. Hang in there. You are so loved and so much beauty is waiting to come out of all of this. I love it. Those are great cards. So we have Vulture, we have Porcupine, and we have Hive Mind. Great things for us to think about as we move into the weekend. Love it. All right. That is all I have for you guys this morning. I hope you all have a blessed weekend. Thank you all for joining me here. I will see you Monday morning and take care. Bye for now.